Only one story makes the holiday shine. That star is crooked. A classic tradition that's one of a kind. A Christmas story. Ah, fragile. It must be Italian. It celebrates the spirit of giving. Wow. And songs to be singing. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse Of lights big and bright. Oh, you should see what it looks like from out here. And little ones, naughty and nice. A yearly tradition. I triple dog dare you. Stuffed with delicious new treats. A little bribe never hurts. That make the holidays complete. So run, don't delay. Get your favorite holiday movie today. No, no, I want an official red under carbonation. Do you want to challenge my leg rifle? Just be ready to shout. You'll shoot your eye out. Ho, ho, ho. No! A Christmas story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast with me, Danny Pellegrino. And me, Jenna Brister. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Danny. Today, we're covering a Christmas story, an oft-requested uh, seasonal classic mm-hmm. that came out in 1993, 1983, I'm sorry. And uh, there's so much lore with this movie. <laughs> so much lore. There is so many facts that I am going to tell us about this movie, and yes. I'm very excited. But we're sort of coming from two different angles on this movie, mm-hmm. because so we might be arguing a little bit because you <laughs> found it completely bonkers. Well, I've, I've right? never seen it. I think okay. that's also, this was something that was just in the zeitgeist. You always saw that image of the tongue on the cold pole and Ralphie's face, you know, like that was kind of in there, but it was not a part of Brister Family Christmas. Wait, I, the thing that I'm most excited to talk to you about though is because it is so part of the lore. So what did you think over the past however many years? I guess, what is this, 30 years now? What's 83? Yeah. How many yeah. years? Four, almost 40. 40. Was I was 40? born in 84. Um, oh my gosh. Wait, okay. So what did you think over the past 40 years every time you'd see a, like a leg lamp or something? Like, did you just not know what the fuck it was? And not know what the fuck it was. Oh my yeah, God. and that was my favorite part of this whole movie was the leg lamp. I was like, that thing, it makes sense. So many things started to make sense. <laughs> but um, and but you grew up, was this on in the Pellegrino household? Yeah, it was just okay. kind of on. So I, I actually, I'm going to play devil's advocate for the course of this recap, just because I think that'll be fun. <laughs> but uh, so it was always something that was like a little unsettling to me as a kid, but it was always on in our house because... And I'm going to give all these facts in, in just a minute, but starting in, I believe it was like 85, they started playing this movie over and over again, and it became like that, um, it became something that was a 24-hour staple. It initially started on TNT mm-hmm. in um, the late 90s, I think it was 97 was when they did the 24-hour marathon. But before that, it started airing on HBO a lot. And so starting around 97, on Christmas morning or even on Christmas Eve when we'd have my mom's side of the family over, it would just sort of be on the TV, but then there'd mm-hmm. be a, a music on. So there'd be some other sound system playing music while Ralphie was just on screen. Yeah. So the imagery was always around. Mm. And when we'd be opening presents or something, occasionally we'd stop and look up at the screen and be like, oh, that's what's happening. <laughs> So that's where I'm coming from with it. Yes. But I have seen it, and it's a Cleveland thing, too, because I'm from yeah. Northeast Ohio. So where you're from. that, I think, also adds to it, because it was filmed in Cleveland, and the house is like a museum now where you can go look. Although, I believe like 
the exteriors were Cleveland, but then the interiors were like maybe a, another house or soundstage it. or something. But they mm-hmm. in Cleveland, they did the house so you can go visit it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's where I'm coming from with it. And I think my family likes it maybe more than I do. Mm. But uh, the reason I wanted to play devil's advocate with you, because you weren't liking it. And I, I know people love it. Yeah. And I have to be completely God honest when I put it on last night. <laughs> And it started, I did, I think I cried a little bit because (laughs) I think the imagery took me right to kind of Christmas Eve. Nostalgia. nostalgia. That's why people like it. So I am clouded Mm -hmm. by it. And Mm -hmm. I did feel this like overwhelming Mm -hmm. sense when it came on. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing I have to say, which I might've mentioned last season on the show, there was a HBO sort of sequel that aired last season with the original Ralphie. And I thought that was great. And that might've been also clouded because we watched it when my parents, you were here Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving after you had left that day, we sat down to watch that one and it was really sweet and a like nice moment. And so that even is clouded by Mm -hmm. other memories. Yeah, absolutely. When like grandparents were alive, you know, I, I think one of my monsters. So, (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that. We did do a full bonus episode. Um, I think for us, we always had, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation sure. on, or the Yule Log. My family oh. was very, you know, that flaming log. Yeah. And it's so funny you mentioned that because I'm obsessed <laughs> with the YouTubes where it's just scenery. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. one day I was just looking at scenery and I think I was like on an autumnal one. It was mm-hmm. just like leaves. They have one with cats oh where God, there's Jen, pets I'm wandering obsessed. in and out of frame. But I remember, because this was in the late 90s when flat screen TVs were a new thing. So we got one for Christmas and my parents were like, let's put the Yule log on. And this was early LD, LED technology. It burned a log into the screen. <gasps> oh like my just God. because oh, of whatever. You know, like the light bulb. Yes, so that yes. anytime you turned on the TV, you would you just see, see the log. A silhouette of a log. So, so we had to get a new TV. But, yeah. um, but I'd seen this is, I understand and respect the nostalgia of it. And I, this, I thought of this. Like if anyone who's listening now is like, I grew up and I am on team Danny, get amnesia and rewatch it because I think you will see it. Like if you zoom out, yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Like I watch Harry and the Hendersons with nostalgia. Cause that's where I'm from. Sure. Rural Washington, which by the way, the mom is the mom in Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, isn't that wild? Yeah. Well, it's so fascinating because it is a series of like vignettes. So it was originally based on a book that I think was like an essay collection. Yes. So it was like all the, it, there's not really this huge connecting story. The huge mm-hmm. connecting story is that this kid, Ralph, he wants a BB gun mm-hmm. and that in between him wanting the BB gun at the beginning and getting the BB gun at the end, yeah. there's all these like little holiday moments that are recognizable, but it's not really like it's writing wise. I agree with you. It's sort of like a collection of yeah. vignettes. And the voiceover is interesting. I didn't know also okay. that it was going to have VO the whole time. Should I give you the facts? Please do. Please okay. yes, give me okay. the facts. <laughs> okay. So Gene Clark, I hope I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Bob Clark is a director. He had mm-hmm. done Porky's and Porky's too. And the name of the book that this was based on was in God, we trust all others pay cash. Now, these facts that I'm about to give you are from a YouTube video that I watched. It was a 17-minute YouTube video, so if I get some of these wrong, I apologize. But I think I was like writing Fast and the Furious because I was writing as I was watching this YouTube video. So, uh, 1976, uh, there, there's been 100 adaptations of this book, which is wild to Whoa. me. Because Gene Shepard is the voiceover and the author of the original book. Okay, cool. So, a different... Um, person than the director that I mentioned. Gene Shepard is the voiceover, and he's sort of the connective tissue between all of these adaptations, because in 1976, 
there was a PBS anthology called Visions, and they did a, a movie or a special based on this family, the Clark family, mm-hmm. okay, Ralphie Clark. And Ralphie was in high school. He was obsessed with this woman. The leg lamp <laughs> is in this PBS anthology oh, episode. Yeah. So that appeared. Then in 1978, PBS had an unaired TV series, a pilot of which never aired about the same family. Again, not with the same cast members. However, it did have all of these adaptations had the voiceover done by that uh, Gene Shepard. And in that pilot of that was never aired, there's the Oh Fudge line, which was also reused mm-hmm. for this movie. Mm-hmm. Then there was a made-for-TV PBS movie, again. Uh, it was an episode, technically, of American Playhouse in 1984, again based on this book. Same narrator. This time, Ralphie celebrates Independence Day. And guess who plays Ralphie in this adaptation? Matt Dillon. No. Yes. Matt Dillon, who I interviewed on Everything Iconic, my other show. He's cool. And if I would have known, if I would have done my due diligence, <laughs> I would have been able to ask him about playing Ralphie. So then the main film, Christmas Story, comes mm-hmm. out. Two years after Christmas Story, PBS went back to high school Ralphie, and they celebrated Thanksgiving with the family and did a whole nother special. Same family, different cast members, same narrator, Gene. I've been no living Matt in a Dillon. cave. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this either. <laughs> so, but what I found out is that Christmas Story fanatics do not recognize these. <laughs> like oh, I like that. Mo- they mostly just ignore them. <laughs> so then there was another PBS collaboration, this time with Disney Channel in 1988. Mm-hmm. And it was called Ali Hobnoodle's Haven of Bliss. Wow. Okay, this is crazy. And it's sort of like a family-friendly uh, uh, vacation movie with Chevy mm. Chase. It's sort of like a family, a more family-friendly version of that. Guess who plays Ralphie in this one? Matt Damon. Jerry O'Connell. No, yes. Isn't that crazy? Oh, played I love Ralphie this. in this one. Okay. It's all stars. Then in 1994, there was the only other theatrical movie about this family. Again, keep in mind, these are all based on one fucking book. Oh, my God. And as an author myself, I would love to have a million fucking adaptations of the same book because think of all the money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in 1994, there was a sequel movie called My Summer Story. Originally, it was released under a different title, even though it was about the same family based on the same book with the same name narrator. What happened? But they retitled it then later because they were like, oh, no one realizes this is a sequel to Christmas story. Cause it's a whole other group of people. Now in this one, uh, guess who Ralphie is played by. Ooh, Colin Farrell, Kieran Culkin. Oh, from succession. Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. So this was 19. He played the so seventh cute. Ralphie and wow. also the narrator's back. The director of the original movie, Bob Clark is back. The dad is played by Charles Grodin. The mom played by Mary Steenburgen. Oh, my fave. I love, I love her. And the two of them played, I believe, uh, weren't they husband and wife in Clifford with Martin Short? Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, it was originally released as something called It Runs in the Family. Anyway, most people didn't know it was a sequel. So now you'd think I'd be done, right? Oh, no. What, not, what else did you find this out? This is crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Can you the imagine? Lore. We're already on, I think, seven Ralphies. Wow. Seven different Ralphies. And I wonder, okay, so I'm guessing the purists, the Christmas Story OGs, probably like the original. Isn't Peter? I think the purists Billingsley? might, well, yeah, Peter Billingsley played the Ralphie in the one we're going to talk about in a yeah, second. But there's seven and, of but them. I, but there's so many others that I don't know exactly like where they fall on all of them. But from what I understand- Overall, they only sort of recognize that main one. Um, but as I said, I wasn't done. 
So 202012 comes along. <laughs> and a that's, movie that's called That's when we met probably. Probably, yeah. 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 Uh, a Christmas Story 2. That's the official title of this next movie is released direct to DVD. This was of course during the era where a lot of the studios were still releasing sort of direct-to-video movies mm-hmm. based on some of their bigger properties. So it ignores the events of that summer story. <laughs> it ignores that. It's six years set six years after Ralphie got the BB gun. Again, different Ralphie. This is the only time that Gene Shepard is not narrating. Okay. So far. Gene alive or dead? Unclear. Okay didn't get that information. Again, I was typing as fast as I could. I was like a marathon. Um, Okay. So then he, in this story wants, uh, Ralphie wants a Mercury eight convertible for Christmas. So it's still set around Christmas. Fans hated it. Again, no narrator. It was released right before Halloween. Not done yet though. Christmas story live. Cause this was then turned into a play in 2009, which got to Broadway in 2012. There has Same. to be some sort of nepotism, Isn't baby. This crazy? Ch- yes, this is like who? Ah, Jenna, we're like twelve minutes in, and I didn't, <laughs> we haven't even gotten insane. to the movie we're recapping because I'm just recapping all of the insane <gasps> offshoots of this movie. Whoa. Okay, so Christmas Story Live, 2012, made its way to Broadway. That was the same year that Christmas Story 2 was released direct to DVD. Mm-hmm. Merch is everywhere. It's at an all-time high. Then in 2017, NBC aired a Christmas Story Live based on that Broadway play. Matthew Broadwick narrated. It bombed on television because that was the era, again, think back to 2017, they were doing all of those live things where it was like Grease Live and Hairspray Live and everything. Yeah, Allison Williams is Tinkerbell. Remember Allison Williams just flying the fuck all around in Mm -hmm. that green suit as Peter Pan or whoever. That was wild. Yeah, Yeah. with the short hair, with the bob so tight, it might have been called Robert. Um, But then in... 2022, which was last season, takes us to that sequel I mentioned at the top of the show called A Christmas Story Christmas with the original cast taking place in the 70s. Melinda Dillon, uh, who played the mom, retired. She Mm -hmm. was replaced by Julie Haggerty. The dad had passed, but Mm. Peter Billingsley did return as Jeffrey. Vince Vaughn produced. Mm. He's friends with Peter Billingsley. And the original old man, like I said, had passed away. It was the eighth movie in the franchise, I think, technically movie. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yes. So this movie that, of course, I think is so synonymous with the holiday season, Mm -hmm. but it's baffling to me that it's had so many offshoots. And yet, by and large, the public, I would assume most of our listeners are like, what the fuck is he saying? (laughs) Yes, totally. (laughs) Is he making this up? Mm -hmm. And no, I promise I'm not making this up. And there are certain things we talked about Jingle All the Way on a previous episode mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm. podcast. That came up in my as I was watching it too. They had a Jingle All the Way too that was direct to video. Mm-hmm. So there have been times where these seasonal movies, Christmas Vacation has like a Christmas Vacation two made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. So there have been offshoots, but I just have never heard of there being so many fucking All offshoots. of those, so many. And what's fascinating to me too is that in my research, some of those earlier adaptations of the book. They had elements like the leg lamp. Even, mm-hmm. oh, that Christmas movie 2, mm-hmm. the one that was titled, that was direct to DVD, that's starring Daniel Stern oh. as the dad. And Which, the original dad reminded me so much of Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Like and his what? mannerisms, he would like swear and rant and kind of move around. I'm like, I loved oh. when Joe Pesci used to do that. Yeah, I think he watched this and modeled his behavior after that. 
I wonder if it was stunt casting. Cause they're like, we're going to do this direct to DVD movie based on Christmas story world. Like let's get Daniel yeah. Stern because people know him from home alone. True. That would make sense. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now I guess we can get to the movie because that is all of the back. Thank you for setting that context, though. That does help. Yeah, and I... I mean, obviously, we could talk about that all the time. We we recap. Why can't I talk today? We recapped Halloween Town, yeah, <laughs> and we said kind of a similar thing. People's yeah. opinions are going to be clouded, yeah. But I do ultimately, I did. I I my own opinions clouded by this movie mm-hmm. because of how many times it's just sort of like been on, mm-hmm. but it is crazy. Yeah. And so is there anything that jumps out to you? I just gave all that backstory. Is there anything that jumps out of you off the bat that you really want to discuss about this movie? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I love the opening scene when it's just all these kids staring in the window. Like that's such a sweet, mm-hmm. charming opening, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, even kind of goes back to the ending of them staring out the window. It sort of ends mm-hmm. with the parents looking out nighttime now. Mm-hmm. So even though a lot of time has passed, it's almost like a bookends of like exactly. starting and ending Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing about the script that makes sense. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that it's just a structural mirror at the beginning and end. Um, I love that he's just obsessed with this gun, you know, like he's like whispering some prayer under his breath. And I'm like, what is this? The kid is so cute. You know, the Ralphie kid is adorable and his like little friends. And very specific, I think, even looks wise with the glasses. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what sticks out to me so much. And I mentioned the imagery because it was just on in the background, but there's so many visuals from this movie that are kind of like in our cinematic lexicon, like the bunny suit, Uh like the, um, I mean, it's the soap in the mouth. I just think there are moments visually that... Mm-hmm. The tongue stuck to the pole. The tongue stuck to the I, pole. I mean, I can see it. So it was weird seeing it in the context of the film it's from. I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that clip. Yeah. And you then know? you wonder, because it's been overused so many times, even mm-hmm. in the Nick and Jessica Variety Hour special that they did in the mm-hmm. 2000s, they do a sketch about them getting their tongue stuck to the pole. Oh the Muppets have done it. Like literally <laughs> everybody has done the tongue stuck to the pole. And... I don't know that this Christmas story was the first time anyone's ever done that, but I kind of think it probably was. It might be. So then that is also a mindfuck too, because it's like, well, that's a pretty memorable moment. Mm -hmm. And if you were to see that for the first time without seeing all those other parodies of that, Mm -hmm. would you be looking at this film differently? Yeah, probably. I mean, I definitely felt like it was written by AI, but that didn't exist. (laughs) I mean, they were just like, I mean, the vignette stuff makes sense now that you you know, highlight that. Um, Wait, I did you think that AI what, and yeah, <laughs> because we were talking about those things on YouTube that are just like the view log. Yes. I'm pretty sure like most of them are done by AI. 100%. And I recently shared one on my TikTok. Like there was a TikTok one mm-hmm. that was just like rain and I shared it and I didn't know it was AI. And people were like messaging me. I can't believe you're sharing AI. Like people were mad about it. That's so funny. And I was like, how the fuck was I supposed to know it was AI? I thought it was just like a footage of a rain. Yeah. But then when you really look at them, you're like, oh, that's like not real. Yeah. It's a gray area. Yeah. It is. Anyway. Yeah. And it was so like CGI and stuff. Yes, it is. Um, I also like that when he tells his mom, so like lights up, this is what I want for Christmas. Um, I was overwhelmed by how much voiceover there was because there's some in Sandlot, right? Like mm-hmm. minimal amounts. This was so much that I experimented muting the TV <gasps> just oh to, so I could focus on what was happening. Yeah. But then I couldn't hear anything and that was actually fine. I was like, this is fine. More um, relaxing film. It was way more relaxing without any sounds. And then he asked his mom for the BB gun and she's like, no, you'll shoot your eye out. And I liked that that became a refrain that like the teacher said it. 
I think every, the, the witch, Santa. The witch. You there know, like, I felt like a lot of witches that I didn't remember being in this movie. I know one, yeah. one was like a Wizard of Oz witch or yes, something. Elphaba. But I was, was like, the there seems like a lot of witches. Yeah, witch for work Christmas. Happening for a Christmas movie. Yeah. I think they were just like, they got them out of props, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, I like the idea of like, you shoot your eye out. Like, I'm not a ballistics ex- expert. I a should what? be. What if I was? Wait, ballistics, like guns. That? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Shoot, okay. Yeah. Um, and I if you shoot your eye, mo- you're going to shoot your whole head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Yes. It's like there's your brain, everything. Um, wasn't there a movie called ballistic X versus sever, like Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas oh. at that? Anyway, sorry. that would make sense. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, mean, I didn't. I, with the BB gun, I looking at toys from the 70s or mm-hmm. when, when was this set in the 50s? This was like the 40s, 30s, or the 50s. 40s, 50s. Product placement, Ovaltine, hilarious. All that old timey stuff. I liked that. But all of those toys from like a bygone era, mm-hmm. they seem crazy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I mean, I know our toys probably would seem crazy to them. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around the office. I'm like looking at my our toys. toys. Yeah. But Super like, a, I'm sure if someone from the 40s looked at a Furby, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? Yes. But. <laughs> I still think it was like always, I don't know. They were like strange things, the kid things kids had to play with. Yeah. We're going to be covering little women or, or maybe yeah. I don't know if that'll be out before this one, but it's like, even in little women, it's like the stuff that those young gals got to play with. Oh yeah. I mean, Wooden I know blocks. They were, they were mostly playing with adulthood in that movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, that's very true. Um, I think when Ralphie was trying to, do subliminal messaging to convince his mom to get it. And he was like, I know what to do. And he takes the ad and puts it in her look magazine. I was like, Oh, this is great. You know, he like slides it in. Cause there was that antiquated idea that like, Oh, if a woman just sees something, you know, she'll buy it because oh, that yeah. was such a, and, a thing in the forties and fifties. And the women of the household that was with the advertising, it was like the women, they knew the women of the household were the ones making the purchases. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So that really led to all the advertising yeah. that day. And then I liked that his immediate fantasy, if he had this gun that he named old blue oh, yeah, was yeah. that um, he was then in a wild west outfit and oh, was defending God. his family against like cat burglars, like four grown men, right, all looking like the hamburger, like exactly like the hamburger. And it was like him just, opening fire like duck hunt on these like random men in the jungle gym i was like okay i'm sorry what right i don't think they could make i don't think that would air now no a lot of i mean yeah and so yeah i i actually like hate guns like i hate Mm -hmm. i just sort of wish they were never invented but Mm -hmm. i do know boys i hate to stereotype but i think boys tend to even i I look at my nephews and i was just with them on a family vacation and i was like trying to get my nephews into like dolls and stuff. Yeah. Like I was trying to show them other things, but um, my nephew Brady's like really he's five and it's like, he loves like weapons stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Brady, no, like let's stop. I'm, I'm not talking about like serious weapons, but like nerf stuff. And yeah. yeah. And um, I do remember being a kid and sort of being into the nerf things and like setting up a target or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I never even as a kid really got into like the idea of a BB gun or something that could like harm somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think even as a young child, I was like, no, that's too intense. Like, totally. Yeah. Like, give me something else. To I don't do. know, like a hundred yeah. one Dalmatian doll. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's what I want to play with. Mm-hmm. And, like, pretend shoes. we're having coffee. Mm-hmm. Skip yes. it. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> remember skip it. Yes. I love to skip, skip it. It was so fucking fun. Do they yeah. make an adult version? Look yeah. Up. Look it up. They should make an adult. They skip should. It. That'd be good for fitness. I know quads that could be Um, like a whole, that should be a whole thing. Um, when, so the iconic scene though, when the kid gets his tongue stuck to the pole, did you see the police response? 
There were like I don't remember. eight fire department people, oh, yeah. a plain clothes detective in a trench coat and fedora, the teacher. It was just so funny. Um, that I'm made like, me laugh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distracted by looking up adults skip it. Oh, no, yeah. they don't. Um, they don't oh, exactly have one. They don't. Oh, but Maybe they do get, like sell, a child's extra large or something. Well, they do sell what's called an a- on Amazon an ankle skip ball for kids. Oh, um, but then it looks like it's big enough for adults. But I don't think they're allowed to market it towards adults. Possibly. Maybe that's why. Oh, so it doesn't say I don't adults think skip we're game. It, but I will find one. Okay. Um, uh, what did you think of? I mean, I guess we sort of mentioned Ralphie, but like, let's say, like the mom and the dad. What did you th- think of them? Oh man, it was b- the mom's bizarro. She uh, at the end, remember when she makes Ralphie's brother eat like a pig, like he like a pig to a trough, and then she's laughing. I was like, this is this. She should not have children. Like, yeah, the, this should, that's creepy. I was creeped out by that. Tonally, that's what stuck out to me the most. Watching it, like with a critical eye, yes. was just like the parents are like all the adults are sort of odd, and yes. but. But I almost either wish they were like more odd or less odd because I felt like they were kind of middle ground. Like yeah. what you're saying is so it was weird. Yeah. And I just thought it would make sense to me if you know how kids like in Charlie Brown, you see the adults that wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think like that could have been fun to play on. Like the kids see the adults weird. Mm-hmm. But I almost wish they would have like leaned into that more. Yeah. Instead of making it unnerving. Yeah. You know, yes. it's like she would break out into laughter at random times. And I was like, maybe they were directed into that. You know, I think the director was just like, Hey, just act crazy. We're doing this thing, right. you know, on the fly. Figure yeah. It, it felt very, very creepy. And even the dad, um, I'm sure you've, it's funny. We could talk about the leg lamp scene when he yeah. gets it, but like the whole leg lamp thing is so strange. Like the dad's just odd. Yeah. Cause what he, he was looking, he entered a sweepstakes. I had muted it at some point, so I missed some key points. <laughs> I love our recaps. I know. But like the it was funny when he was like, oh, fragile. You know, oh, it must be Italian. Some days, you know? sometimes on this podcast, we will come in with 10 pages of notes. And other times we'll be like, I barely watched it. <laughs> I, barely, I, had to, I had to mute it because I didn't like it that much. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. I was watching it like 6 I paid $4 for this, $3.99. Yeah. I rented it. Oh, yeah. It was literally watching it at 6 a.m. because we're recording this early in the morning and it was like, oh my God, I'm watching Christmas Story at 6 a.m. Can we talk about the bully trope? I mean, every movie of all time, especially in the 80s and 90s, has a bully, Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. Yeah, who grew up to be hot. He looks like Prince Harry now. (gasps) Oh my God, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Yeah, from the new one. Yeah. But doesn't he sort of look like the Shermanator from American Pie? Yes, exactly like the Shermanator. He actually sued Warner Brothers because they um, used his likeness for action figures. Wait, what? Yeah, Farkas did. And so this was back in, I want to say like the early 2000s. And then he was doing one of those like fan conventions. And this guy comes up with like a board game, shirts, all this like stuff, merch with his likeness. So he sued them again. And like they, he won, he like settled, you know, because it's the likeness thing. You and can't do that. those contracts back in the day, like did not include all that stuff. And nowadays I feel like anytime any of those old movies that were popular, they are making fucking Monopoly boards with them. Mm-hmm. Like you go into Target now and you'll mm-hmm. see a Monopoly board for every fucking movie. Mm-hmm. But like, Jeff Goldblum's getting none of the money. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jurassic Park Monopoly. Mm-hmm. First yeah. Wives Club Monopoly. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's got a Monopoly board. Yeah. I wish there was a First Wives Club um, Monopoly. There was. Oh, we should we should make we should one. Make that. Um, I the the parents. I didn't mind their dynamic. <laughs> I know that's what you want the takeaway. The dad was 
out of his mind. But I liked it though. I liked that he was like a crazy person and trying to fix the furnace all the time. I was like, you know what? I'm glad he has his thing, like whatever. Were you scared of furnaces as a kid? I know that's a theme on Home Alone. Alone. Yes. Um, I was afraid of basements. We didn't have like a creepy basement. Did you? Yeah, we we had a half- we had like a half done basement. That's like a Midwest Even, thing, maybe. I know. You it's think? Like so weird. Huh. It was, when I think back on it, it, was so strange. And the even the part that was like done was not really fully done. And the undone part had the washer dryer in it. Mm. And oh, my creepy. mom would cut our hair in that room. So like that's where we would go for haircuts. But it was like a scary furnace room with the washer dryer, no carpet, like barber shop, <laughs> uh, yeah, cement flooring, no windows, like really scary. And it, my mom would be like, come down for the, we would like literally fucking line up for haircuts. So it's like, yes. she would do one after the other, yeah. even into our like way too late in our teendom. Like we never got professional haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was, my yeah. mom was always cutting it. Even, you know, going back at, we're going, we're home from college. It's like mom's mm-hmm. cutting the hair. Yeah. Go to the basement. Go in the basement. Yeah. yeah put the clothes in the dryer while you're down there, you know? Right. right. But it was a creepy half basement. And yeah, yeah. even when we would play like hide and go seek in the dark and no one would ever, anyone who wanted to be super ballsy would go hide in the undone part of the Mm. basement. But like most people were scared. Most kids were scared too. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that daydream with the gun. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have to point this out because it's in my notes, but uh, in that scene, when Ralphie is using his daydream gun, he, <laughs> Is sort of in full Dolly Parton regalia. He is like he's, with a dip in his mouth. It was he's like a tobacco. crazy look. Like yeah. that was how he imagined himself. And I, I think he imagined himself as a cowboy, but it read Dolly to me. Full Dolly. It was like powder blue with booby tassels. Yeah. And, and a lot of the fashions in this movie are crazy. I mean, the yeah. leg lamp is a weird thing anyway, but then even the clothes and one of those um, sort of memorable visuals is the little brother going to school in the winter outfit yeah, where he can't put down his hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then of course there's the Easter bunny suit, which is such a memorable fashion. Yeah. Aunt Clara. We never meet Aunt Clara, do we? I wonder if we get to know Aunt Clara in the other one ones. of the hundred other spinoffs. Maybe Aunt Clara has her own. This will be like, this will be like the Halloween 10 where it's like every season. Now we're going to have to cover some sort of, <laughs> yeah. Story Cause that's a rule in, in movies and screenwriting. If you mention a character, you got to meet him. Yeah, because you don't you know? want to be disappointed. Yeah, because also, if this is the coolest thing she's made, I'm like, I want to see the other stuff. Oh, yeah, like, but, what's her story? Yeah. This special segment is presented by Nordstrom, an A-cast creative. Now, Jenna, a Christmas story, it's all about the gifts, the BB gun. And as an mm-hmm. adult, I think it's important to kind of give a gift to your childhood self. Yeah. In my book, I talk about this now and then book. Do you remember that movie now and then? And I might have discussed this with you on the pod, but it's like, I wanted this book so badly as a child, but it was like a girly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, I bought it for myself and it felt like, this might be dramatic to say, but like healing my inner child in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do you have any gifts that as a kid you wanted so drastically or so badly that you did not get? That I did not get? Yes, it was always those cozy matching pajama sets. And that's mine that I'm not even kidding. Every single year I go to Nordstrom and I get some sort of obnoxious, they're not obnoxious, cozy flannel um, holiday 
pajama yes. set yes. as a gift to myself and slippers. Yeah. It was oh always slippers. God. Jenna, yeah. I got, uh, you know, we love the Grinch here on yes. this podcast, love. but I bought these slipper socks. We're always something that as a kid, I was like obsessed with slipper with socks. the grippies on the, the bottom. The grippies yes. on the bottom. Yes. And I still buy those in, as mm-hmm. an adult. Oh, and yeah. Nordstrom has like the most incredible selection of socks and yes. slipper socks and everything. And all of their clothes are really, really great there. I mean, yeah. I don't know whether or not you have kids, my nieces and nephews, they get mm-hmm. all of their holiday stuff there. So my sister-in-law, she gets all those pajama sets for the whole family and yes. then they dress uniquely. Mm-hmm. And then I always like the Barefoot Dream, the cardigan. <gasps> oh. It's like my favorite. It's like the softest thing you get at Nordstrom Ever. online or in their store. Mm-hmm. And it's the coziest, softest, all of the Barefoot Dream stuff. They also mm-hmm. sell blankets, which I think blankets are like such yeah. a great I have it in gift. blue, the robe, yeah. the Barefoot Dreams one. But I don't know, when when you're getting ready for the holiday season, there are all these events. And I think sometimes it's hard with clothing around this time of year because a lot of the events you can show up in festive pajamas. And then other times it's yeah. like these holiday parties where you got to get real glitzy and glam. And mm-hmm. Nordstrom has great clothing for that too, because you can get all these fancy clothes. Beautiful holiday jewelry also. Really pretty brooches. Yeah. I'm in a, a brooch phase uh, and they have such gorgeous ones of like holly or little trees or wreaths. So pretty. I do love the word brooch. Too. I love the word brooch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, all their clothes. I just had to buy, I'm not a big belt person, but for mm. these holiday parties, I feel like you need to look dressy. So I got a yeah. new belt there. I got the whole outfit, but the the belt is just something that I was able to shop for. And everything that every time you go to Nordstrom, they really do have everything. So I like that you can get all of the clothing stuff. Mm-hmm. You can for anyone, any age, the kids. If you got to get clothing for the kids, get stuff for yourself, glitzy pajama or otherwise. And then finally, it's also very great because if you're going to one of those fancier house parties, mm-hmm. you can get a good uh, housewarming gift. So the thing that I want to recommend is the Volups Voluspa candles. Yes. The most gorgeous. They also sell nest candles, which are great. Oh, yeah. But the peppermint, I think it's candy cane or peppermint, the oh. Lutzpa candle. You have I mean, one right out there. We have a giant yeah, yeah, one outside. A giant one. It's yeah, like it's my prize beautiful. possession. Oh, it's gorgeous. I saw it on one of the housewives. They were giving it as a gift. <laughs> Immediately, we pre-order, not pre-order. We ordered it from Nordstrom to pick up because I want to make sure they had it there. Yeah. But they're the most gorgeous candle ever, mm-hmm. ever. And, and they have all the seasonal stuff too, yeah. which I like, like a seasonal peppermint yeah. candle or something that smells like you're, it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And it's also good to stock up on that stuff. I do that like it, before the holidays, get a bunch because you don't never know when you're going to be, you know, invited over to some party or dropping in or whatever, have yeah. last minute gifts so that you have stuff. Yeah, you, know? you can just bring yeah, something. Yeah. And when it comes to those clothes, I think what's great is that uh, you can get stuff that's kind of those basics and those traditional things that you could mm-hmm. have in your closet for years and years and mm-hmm. years to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think those are the pieces that you tend to wear a lot. But I think for the holiday season, it's like you can get a nice turtleneck that you'll wear forever because a turtleneck at Christmas time, it goes together all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they have so many great things at Nordstrom. I love them. Nordstrom is the ultimate holiday destination this season with everything you need for everyone on your list. Nordstrom services make the holiday season easy, special, and fun so their customers can give their best to those they love. Explore more at Nordstrom in stores or shop online at Nordstrom.com today. Thank you for listening to this special segment brought to you in partnership with Nordstrom and Acast Creative. Okay, can we talk about the teacher? Mm-hmm. What's her deal? She has that cool drawer full of all that wacky stuff. Do you see that when she like yeah. gives them all candy? And I think she's one of the only people to return for one of those other offshoots. She wasn't busy with other projects? No, <laughs> 
She was not. <laughs> Shots Wouldn't fired. Wouldn't that be so weird though to be in this? I know. I'm. We're going to hear from her fandom now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to reach out. Yeah. No. Um. Wouldn't it be so weird though to have been in this movie? Because it wasn't. Yeah. Box office wise, I know I mentioned all these offshoots, but box office wise, it wasn't like I, ginormously successful mm-hmm. or anything. It sort of came and then really gained in popularity over the years over those re-airings. Mm-hmm. So it must be so strange to have done this movie back in the early 80s, and then it's just always on now. Yeah. And the people are still alive, most of the cast members. And it's set in the 40s, which is also like, it's bizarro. So weird. Yeah. And imagine just everybody having that your movie on while they're opening gifts or just in the background of Christmas parties. Like, that's fucking weird and mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'd be, uh, it'd be the dream of anyone to be part of something that's, like, around forever. Yeah. But Someone at Warner life. Brothers, like, is being blackmailed by whoever made this movie. I wonder like, what, whoever has the IP. Because there's no reason why this should be on all the time. I wonder. This movie's crazy. I know. I wonder what they make. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the residuals look like on this. Yeah. Um. The kids... Um, oh, the oh, I liked the uh, Farkas's sidekick Grover. The kid mm-hmm. is so cute. It looks like he's five years old. I just I, I liked Grover. Yeah, and the leg lamp. Um, <laughs> Those I are want, my two favorite. The leg lamp. The, the leg, leg lamp and Grover. We had a leg lamp. I mean, speaking <laughs> yeah. of basements, we had one uh, like a miniature what? version that we would put out at Christmas on. Cute. But my mom would only let us like display it in the basement because mm-hmm. yeah, it was yeah, ugly. Because <laughs> the mom in the movie hated it, and didn't she break it on purpose? It is ugly. Glues it back together, and then the dad is like, crying in the window when it breaks. I was like, what is happening in their marriage? I hate myself for what I'm about to say. <laughs> But I did also like watch the trailer to that direct to DVD Christmas story two okay. with Daniel Stern in, in the trailer for that. Cause I, I almost watched it. Yeah. I will now. I was like ready once. to research for this yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, by ready to research, I mean, I looked it up once and it wasn't available. I couldn't find it anywhere other than to buy. And mm. I was like, I'm not going to spend 1499 no. on this direct TV no. movie. But I did watch the trailer on YouTube and the leg lamp makes an appearance. Oh. And in the trailer, the wife comes to Daniel Stern and is like, I thought that broke. Like, how did you get that back? And so I was sort of curious, like, oh, how did the leg lamp come back? Because didn't he bury movie? it in the yard? Yeah, it was like gone. I, I think he buried it in the yard. I, it was muted, but I saw that. <laughs> I can- People are probably yelling at their, their things because they're like, the voiceover is the best part. I know. I know. And monologue. I did watch it, but it was so early that. I- I think it was unnerving that the voiceover was a grown man and that we're watching a child. See, I liked it, but he was Ralphie. Yeah. I don't know why. I like the voiceover. Oh, okay. I think there's something like I find calming about the voiceover. Oh. And you find it disturbing. Just so disturbing. I was like, I can't get into this. I didn't, I tried to turn it all like, I wish there was one to just mute that part. Okay. How do you feel about voiceovers in general? Like, I don't love that because them. that is short, as a writer, you're mm-hmm. sort of told that adding voiceover is poor writing because it's like giving exposition. Yeah, there's a, some Anne Hathaway movie that came out that I started watching. I think, and it was all voiceover, and I was like, I'm I'm out. We'll this see. Isn't interesting. I like it, but I think sometimes people do it um, in post. Because yeah. it's like they film the movie or something's not coming together, so it's an easy fix. So mm-hmm. I think that's why sometimes people. It, or it can 
be used really poorly. It yeah. feels like it's added in at the last minute. Yeah. As but I like it if it's used smartly. Like I always argue that Sex and the City does it really well. Oh, 100%. In the original. Mm-hmm. And they should bring it back. Because mm-hmm. the pacing of it's nice in that show. Yeah. It's not overdone. And I think what's great about voiceover is that you can give exposition quickly so the audience can settle in Mm -hmm. instead of the audience sitting there in those first couple scenes being like, what's going on exactly? Mm -hmm. That's why I'm a proponent of voiceover, but I know people Mm -hmm. feel differently always. It's a lot of like multitasking. I think Sleepless in Seattle is different because it's radio, but I liked that because you get to watch the characters listening to the radio. And Meg Ryan is amazing because, Mm. you know, she's able to emote while listening to the radio and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm into it like that. But I think also this was just, I just had know. like, I, I blacked out for a second. Cause I just realized like <laughs> you and I haven't gone and seen my big fat Greek wedding three. <laughs> we need which to has nothing to do with Joey what, Fatone. We have to go see it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I just, it came to my, let's brain. do it. Let's do it next week. Um, what do you think of the elaborate breakfast? So there was a scene where they're eating breakfast. I mean, I, I suppose it mm-hmm. wasn't super elaborate, but what I wanted to talk about with you is like, so the family sits down, they have eggs and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Did you have, what was your breakfast situation growing up? Like, I want to know school week and weekend, what was breakfast? For you? Actually, Ovaltine, which is what I loved all the Ovaltine content in this movie. I would make two Eggo waffles and then my dad had just left for work. So I would pour a cup of black coffee into a mug, get Ovaltine, mix it in, add Cool wait, Whip. wait. Jenna, stop it. Since As fourth grade, yeah, since fourth grade, I've been drinking coffee every what? morning. I know. Were you just bouncing? Because yes, you I want. I would win my superlatives. I would win like most social, most energetic, and I was just You're the, like, the yeah, most cap, most involved coffee. because I was like cracked out. But it was yeah, waffles, waffles, and Ovaltine. I am shocked that you put. Also, now slow down again. Mm-hmm. You put coffee in Ovaltine. Yeah, I would. But are you supposed two to? Of Ovaltine? No, you're supposed to put it in milk. But I would put it in coffee and add. Like a Jenna, bunch of Cool fuck? Whip on top. <laughs> like that a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, you just said that that narrator's unnerving. I'm unnerved by this. <laughs> yes, totally. I also liked eggs. I'm a big egg person. Or cinnamon rolls. My mom would bake cinnamon rolls on Christmas okay. morning. But yeah. What I about you? I feel like I always watch these things and like the families do these big elaborate breakfasts. And I'm like, I don't think we ever did breakfast stuff like that. Like, no. On the weekends, I'd say my mom would make us eggs or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donuts? Particularly during, we never had breakfast before school, which is weird. We never sat down as a family for breakfast. It was yeah, more never. like get a Pop-Tart or get toast. Yeah, maybe grab to something go. to go. Yeah, but it was never a full spread like in the movies. What would you guys eat on Christmas morning? Christmas morning, um, my mom, I feel like, no, we would just do a big dinner that started at like fucking noon. Like, yeah. I don't know. We would always just do a heavy food day mm-hmm. on Christmas, but it, I, even on Sundays, I feel like we didn't have breakfast usually because we were going to start eating dinner at like noon or one. Like it would be really early. Yeah. And then you just sit around all day eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Christmas though, nowadays my brother and sister-in-law have everyone over for breakfast mm-hmm. and then we do like a late dinner, but growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think on the weekends, it was always exciting if my dad would go to Albertsons and get a box of donuts, you know, like oh, maple yeah, bars yeah. and stuff like that. Like that was living. You know, I love a donut. Um, okay. In this movie, there's also this parade with, and I was confused. Did you see Mickey Mouse? Yes, I saw Mickey Mouse. So like, what was the logistics on that? What were the legal logistics on that? I have no idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was really already... thinking like, oh, uh, what's happening? Weird. It stood How out. How did they get Mickey? Because it's oh. not a Disney film, I don't think. Yeah. And there's, is there no Disney land in cleveland 
Yeah. So what was he doing? I wonder um, if that was like the olden days, like you could just use characters and it mm-hmm. didn't matter as much. It was a wild west. It was like, yeah, let's, you could put Mickey in this video. Yeah. Yeah. Cause nowadays, yeah, you couldn't put Mickey in anything. You get sued. You know, I got on this, um, not to get us on a detour again, but I was researching who framed Roger Rabbit recently. Like I watched it and I was researching it. I so love good. that movie. So fucking good. It holds up also. It holds up. Yeah. yeah. But it was so fascinating that what I learned is like it, they couldn't do a sequel because it was already so difficult because they had like the Warner Brothers characters and the Disney characters both appearing in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so rights wise, they were able to work it out. But then going forward, it was like too difficult. Mm-hmm. So that's why we haven't seen more Roger Rabbit, which is a travesty. Yeah, because Christopher Lloyd is still alive. Yeah, like suit him up and Let's put him in front of the red light. Like get him. He was scary in that movie. Who would you cast as Jessica Rabbit if they did? Oh, like a live action Jessica Rabbit? Yeah. Sydney Sweeney. I love her. She would. Absolutely. Look, she looks like a little Jessica Rabbit. She totally does. She's very curvy. And She'd the, crush and it. She's beautiful. It's like dark hair. Yeah. Um, or I would love to play it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Danny Pellegrino <laughs> featuring Danny Pellegrino. Um, can we talk about Mall Santa and the abusive elves? Please, please. I wanted to know also why every time. Well, first of all, they're just manhandling these kids. You could never get away with that now. See, you know that to me was unnerving. The Santa as a kid watching that scene, Santa sort of like kicks him down the slide, yeah. and I remember being scared of that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. thought that's a scary Santa. Yeah. So right. he seemed like hammered or something. And they were at Higby's department store, which was like, I guess a, a popular department store in Cleveland mm-hmm. back in the day. And it no longer okay. exists, but uh, Higby's was a department store. And I've just never seen going to Santa. Usually it's in the middle of a mall yeah. or a fucking pet store or wherever, but it's just like a chair sitting down. I've never seen something where it's like you go upwards and then there's a slide. There's like a hike. Yeah. There's something is appealing that I think they should bring maybe something like a slide back mm-hmm. with a less scary Santa into a ball pit at the bottom mm-hmm. full of ornaments or whatever plush ornaments. Yes. Um, this, it did remind me, remember when Arnold punched the little person in jingle all the way? Oh my God. It kind of reminded me of that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Oh, you just could not do this. Jenna, that was, we should do a jingle all the way again. <laughs> I've been again. More thoughts. <laughs> we have more thoughts. Cause that was crazy. Yeah. But that whole thing was, um, disturbing that whole santa mall uh, but i was warned i was warned someone who who knew i had to, we were covering this was like there's a really evil santa mall you know right. scene and i was like oh yeah that's creepy wait what else did you get warned about oh um i think that was just wouldn't make sense <laughs> but that was the main one i think it um, maybe is it just sort of seeps into people's brains mm-hmm but I, I don't know. I think there is something like sweet and, and I think also it's nostalgic for a different time. Even if thinking it came out in the eighties, I would imagine even when it was initially released, there's still a sense of nostalgia because the people who were seeing it were thinking the adults were thinking of their own childhood yeah. Christmases because it was set in the pre eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so far removed from the target audience <laughs> at this point. It's like, did we talk about that movie eight bit Christmas last season? I don't think we did. It was on HBO Max, and it was a movie set during the time of the release of the regular Nintendo. Oh. And it wasn't great. I It was based on a book, and I liked the book. I had read the book beforehand, but um, I liked it, and I did like it. I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. it was it gives you that sort of nostalgic feeling for, like, our time. Mm-hmm. I just wish it was, like, a little bit better, but I did like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, watching it, I feel like it wasn't that great of a movie, but it felt really good. Cause it was like, Oh yeah. I remember when the Nintendo was released. Like I remember that. Yeah. It looked like our sort of childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, my brother got one. Um, 
I was pleased to see when finally at the end, the dad got him the present, you know, right. you, like, that was that a was, nice, was that pre or post Chinese restaurant, which we won't get into pre, the details of that pre, but, because just, we have to talk about the dog thing. But first I want to talk about oh, the okay. dad goes behind the mom's back and gets him a firearm. <laughs> and that's like, okay, great. And he's so excited. And again, the mom's like, okay, well don't shoot your eye out. And he goes outside and, almost shoots his eye and he has like blood on his cheek and he ruins his glasses. It could have been a totally different ending. Totally. Absolutely. Like a much it's more aggressive, like expendables five ending. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would have been amazing. Actually. <laughs> imagine if it just ended in like some big action sequence <laughs> yeah. where like they're just shooting everything. Yeah. We like really like kill someone. Oh um, God. then I was so confused, Danny, please explain this to I'll me. I'll try. Cause I think the dad, Unclear again, I muted it. So I guess I missed a lot about the dad talking about all the hound dogs coming after him okay because then they're in their home and all of a sudden a avalanche of dogs come running in and destroy the turkey i wonder what was that about i wonder if so much of it got lost in translation from like book to screen or like some of these details maybe people understood from the book or something and then it made it seemed more clear when it arrived on screen but yeah i don't know yeah i don't know as we talk about it it's like yeah that's crazy that's crazy. because who whose dogs are those I, you know, but also it did. you did, have neighborhood dogs? Like when you were growing up, or, like we oh, had. Oh, Cher, a German shepherd. Oh my God. <laughs> Her owner, my neighbor Wayne had an eye patch <sighs> and Cher was so cool. Cher was the dog's name. Cher was the dog's name. Love that. <laughs> a Cher's coming, got a Christmas album Cher's coming amazing. out this year. Yeah. Um, my, we had a, my friend Jake, his dog would like, was kind of like the neighborhood dog. Like mm. would just be in everybody's yard, but then go home. Yeah. Um, but that's the only experience I have where it was like, be a group of dogs, but that was yeah. one dog storming into, cause it did make me feel like, okay, this is also a classic, like Christmas Turkey hijinks are so eighties, you know, right. like remember national lampoons right. vacation where the Turkey explodes. And then in Christmas and, with the cranks, the Turkey is flying <laughs> around. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of Turkey Wait, work. Christmas being done. with the cranks was a ham though, right? Was it a ham? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was the ham. ham. She's chasing yeah. after that. Honey yeah. baked ham. Big game poultry. Yeah. A lot of holiday poultry, a lot of animal shenanigans. Eating. But yeah. we, I always thought that was bullshit because I don't think actually people by and large have turkey on Christmas day. No, we do ham. I think they do ham lasagna. Mm-hmm. We do lasagna, mm-hmm. the ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you just come from Thanksgiving having the turkey. Yeah. So like, I don't think a lot of people do the turkey twice in two months. Yeah. I just don't buy it. It's bullshit. Big turkey. And I feel like they're trying to trick us. And I think maybe on another episode, we talked about the milk industrial complex, yes, how they would- we did just advertised the shit out of milk in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was bamboozled into thinking everybody was drinking milk all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, I don't think people were drinking as much milk as the media were leave us to believe. Yeah. Nor should we. So, you know, be careful out there with mm-hmm. all the media, what they show you. Lactose intolerance. Be critical media consumers. What's your favorite alt milk? Do you have a favorite? Oh, like if I'm going, I usually tend to order oat milk like at mm-hmm. Starbucks or something. Yeah. Lately, I feel like I get oat milk. Although I do love a soy, but one time I read this like really disturbing essay that could have also been false news. Who knows? Yeah, but I read it. From the almond industry. But it industry. was like about how like men shouldn't be having soy milk for oh, hormonal the hormones. reasons or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I think I prefer soy in my coffee if like I'm taking that article out of equation. Yeah. I do coconut. I like coconut milk. Oh. Yeah. Do coconut. It's too. No, I'm not into it. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, any other thoughts about a Christmas story? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we covered a lot of the iconic imagery, but give it to um, me. Oh yeah, so then oh, they end up at the Chinese restaurant, which is I, it's oh. empty. Which I think it would be full. Do I you, really think that that's a tradition. 
for a oh, lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to see a movie and go have Chinese food. Yeah, it's a lot of tradition for a lot yeah. of people. But I wondered, also, that scene obviously would not be made today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and we'll just tell everyone to go back and watch it. Yeah. We don't have to get into the details. Yeah. But uh, I wondered if they edit that out for TV nowadays or something. I wonder. I don't know. Maybe. Because it didn't seem that familiar to me. I sort of remember, I recognize it when I watched it for this podcast. They might. And I was like, oh, I, do they just not show that? Or maybe I just kind of zone out and don't see it when it re-airs. Because like for sensitivity sensors, it would not get past Yeah, like I kind of feel the like they probably do edit it out. Yeah. Um, Ralphie falls asleep holding his gun aimed did, at his brother. Not that I think they should edit everything out. Like, cause no. I think we have to also be critical media consumers and recognize things are from a different time. Yes. Anyway, go yes. on. What were you saying? Um, oh, Ralphie falls asleep holding his gun aimed at his brother. And that, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, um, what? Like there, there's some, some problematic, you Things know, just moments. weren't as, uh, but people just weren't as careful yeah. back in the day. Like my parents were so less cautious with us than my brothers are with their kids. Oh, hundred like percent. My brothers and their kids, it's like, they're so worried about the kid falling or. Yeah. I know. saw true lies in the theater in fifth grade. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Like, they just send us outside. <laughs> yeah. You like, get go. on your bike and go. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I, I think there's something going on in the back channels at Warner Brothers that this entity has been given so many chances. Um, cash, it obviously must be a cash cow for them, right? It, I mean, it must be. I would like to press charges against whoever made it, <laughs> honestly. And I'd like um, to thank them. I'd like to thank them. But it is it is funny when you think about it that it really is a decision of a network to replay a movie all around the clock. Like that's not, as we know in this industry, you know, that's not a flippant Norm. choice. That's right. like, someone's like, no, I will expose you for all of your crimes. If you don't play <laughs> my movie around the clock on Christmas. Yeah. So they must own, I guess Warner brothers must have owned TBS and TNT. And they, they were like, advertising, you can sell advertising during it. At the same time, it's also genius because I think that's what makes a lot of these movies from our youth. I, we might've talked about, uh, um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, mm-hmm. which I think largely is so beloved because it aired so many times back in the nineties, especially on like when mm-hmm. HBO was coming about, I just remember it always being on. Mm-hmm. And I think that can make an indelible classic out of these movies that maybe have gone and went. And the two things I want to say about that mm-hmm. is number one, I worry that that can't happen anymore mm-hmm. because of streaming services and the way people consume media. And I, the things that I love the most from our childhood are the things that I love most because they were just on all the time and you like memorize them. Three ninjas. Yeah. You just memorize. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to know if you really loved it or you just saw it a million fucking times. A hundred percent. So I worry that kids just won't have those same touchstones. Like the youths now when they're in 30 years, I just don't know if they'll like pop culture in the same ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them turn on Netflix and like, well, kids will rewatch it or put it on a million times. But I just don't think it'll be the same as being like force fed something. Yeah. You're at the mercy of what's in syndication today. And there just wasn't as many options. So it was like, you just were forced to watch that. So Mm -hmm. nowadays, yeah, a kid (laughs) might decide to rewatch, I don't know, the new Sonic movie again and again Mm -hmm. on one of the streaming services, but everyone else will have picked a different movie. Mm -hmm. And so you won't have the same collective thing that we all have with Christmas story. Yeah. uh, Aside from you. Yeah. Aside from me, I understand I am the outlier. I'm glad to have watched it once. So now, you know, so now I know know. you need to know. Yeah. The second thing I want to say about that re airing thing is that they did that with a movie called the iron giant. Have you seen? Oh, 
I love The Iron Giant. It's an animated film. Yeah, a long time ago. Came right? out in the late 90s. Yeah. Directed by the guy who did The Incredibles. He also okay. wrote and directed The Iron Giant. And got like wonderful reviews upon release. Mm-hmm. And so beloved by like a small following of people. And then in the early 2000s, I want to say, I think Comedy Central started doing 24-hour airings of that movie on Thanksgiving. And it became a more beloved. It's not where Christmas Story is. Mm-hmm. But amongst like animation fans and pop culture junkies, like the Iron Giant, I think was uh, built on the same model as a Christmas story with the 24 hour. And I think they still do it. Like force fed, you know? Yeah. So that's, there you um, go. I looked up the director also did um, curious case of a, of Benjamin button. Wait, did he really? The Porky's guy did Benjamin button. Are you sure? There's some Benjamin button. There's a, con- a connection. Wait, it? his name was Bob Clark, I think. Did I write that down? Oh, no. Edit that out. That's Little Women. <laughs> oh, for our edit. Little Women episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. We're covering Spoiler Little Women. <laughs> Spoiler alert. In just a second, we're going to be re- recording that one. Benjamin Button, so bad. Oh, my God. Um, no, those are my old- I was going to say, the director didn't could not have done- <laughs> Could you imagine? Christmas um, Story, Porky's, I, and Benjamin Button. Like yeah. That would be such a breath of directing. I think- uh, so Yeah, good. what- um. Yeah, I think those are all, all my all my thoughts. You know, I, no, I wanted to ask you also that through line for every major character telling them like, no, you can't get that gun. They'll shoot your eye out. What was a refrain your parents would say? Was there anything like that growing up that they would? Oh, yeah. You know, this one thing, uh, I really hope what I'm about to say is not offensive because I haven't looked it up, but <laughs> I was just talking to Matt about this. My dad always would say, I guess it's sort of different, but whenever we'd leave the house, he would always say Fort Knox, meaning like lock everything, close the windows, like yeah. lock it up like Fort Knox. Yeah. Is that, that's not offensive. Yeah, no, no, okay, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> never yeah. know these days. You, you never know. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So he, that was like a refrain <laughs> that he would just always say, we'd be going out to dinner or he, we would call before we leave or something. My dad'd be like, did you Fort Knox it? Was a Fort Knox, Fort mm-hmm. Knox. Mm-hmm. And that was a frame. How about you? Yeah. That's just what came to mind. First. Ours was, I don't know if this is too much, but my mom, ever since like late elementary school, she'd be like dropping us off for a movie with like friends from church. And she's like, okay, have fun at the movie. No sex till you're married. <gasps> she would always oh, say smart. it like almost every week, anytime She'd be like dropping us off for like a summer camp. Okay, guys, no, no sex till you're married and right home, you know? What would yours be as a parent, do you think? Like oh. if you had two teen kids right now or young kids oh. right now? I would probably be like, I love my, I think I say I love my life all the time. That's definitely right. one of mine refrains. Or just, oh, right, as far as advice for a child. Yeah, anything. Um, you're perfect as you are. Right. <laughs> what about you? I don't know. Like dropping my kids off at school, I'd just be like, Loretta Divine deserves more. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Just remember that, kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, this was fun. I again, I, I did cry immediately. Putting yeah, it, out. it took me right to Christmas Eve, totally. and I think because uh, this is also a spoiler. We're recording this sort of earlier than the, mm-hmm. the holiday season, mm-hmm. and so normally I have it on maybe Christmas Eve or during the holidays. It'll just be on TV, and you're so over stimulated with holiday imagery that I think. I cried because we I put it on before the holiday season and I realized how instantly it took me to Christmas like Eve. Time travel. Like Jenna, I, I don't know, maybe I was just like extra emotional or something, but I was like tearing up immediately upon putting it on. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that with this movie before. I always yeah. thought it was crazy. Even as a kid, I think I was a little scared of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for good reason. Have you heard the soundtrack? 
I mean, yes, I muted yeah. it at parts. But I, Did it was, you hear this? Well, at one point when the dad's in the furnace, it had like horror movie, like, like shining sounds, Yeah, you know? And a lot of, um, those kind of like who framed Roger rabbits, like ooh, ooh, cartoony stuff. I was like, this is, so I get, if you're like in the kitchen baking, you know, grandma's alive and you hear those sounds in the other room, you know, you're yeah, like, okay, this that. is like the sounds of yesteryear. Right. But how fun. How fun. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we, we did this. Cause this is what is a most requested one. I know we year. finally covered it and I'm glad we did. Yeah. And, uh, subscribe to our podcast, a very merry iconic podcast, wherever you get your podcasts for all of the episodes, this holiday season, you can also yes. follow us on Instagram at a very merry iconic podcast on Instagram. I'm at Danny Pellegrino and you are at Jenna.brister. Get my book. It's called the jolly sponge. Yes. And, uh, we will be back with an episode of Little Women at some point. Perfect. And some other goodies coming your way. So stay tuned. Love you all. Love you.